and operations. Dan, it's been a while, but it's great to have you with us today. Rob, it's great to hear your voice and to be uh, working with you again. Uh, thanks, thanks for the call. Our pleasure, Dan. Uh, from your experience on board the station a few years ago, what's involved in unloading a cache of cargo that a resupply vehicle b brings to the complex in what amounts to its own complex operation? <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a complex operation, and uh, from a crew member's point of view, boy, it's like Christmas. Uh, or nowadays, it's like watching the uh, Amazon truck show up and, and unload a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, we're bringing 8,000 pounds, over 8,000 pounds of stuff to the crew, and uh, and not only is it, uh, you know, the scientific experiments and uh, stuff that the space station itself needs, but it's food, it's clothes, and uh, really, personally, to the crew, it's uh, notes and mementos and stuff from their families and friends. Uh, it's, it's great to put a little personal stuff in there. So it's an exciting day to receive a new cargo ship, and, uh, but, boy, they've got a lot of... Uh, hours ahead on unloading everything, putting it someplace in the station, and then uh, and filling it back up with uh, trash. And Dan, uh, this Cygnus is named after astronaut Patty Hilliard Robertson, a good friend of yours, who tragically lost her life in a plane crash uh, in 2001. You knew her very well, so on this day, a special day for you, your thoughts about her and the fact that Cygnus is named in her memory. Yeah, you know, one of the things we've uh, done on Cygnus from their very first mission is name them after space uh, pioneers, people that are very important to the human space program. And uh, uh, this is very personal for many of us. Uh, you know, in my class, we've been able to name a Cygnus for Pierce Sellers, and, and Laurel Clark was the last one. And uh, in this one, we get to honor uh, Patty, Patty Robertson. Uh, yeah, you know, we she was in the class of 98. We were in the class of... Uh, 96, so we were sort of the sophomores to her, to her freshman class, and so we got the honor of, of uh, being with those guys when they were getting ready for their first T-38 flight and their first sim and their first uh, NBL run, and so got to know them very well. Patty, you know, she lit up a room. She was so wonderful to work with. She's, her attitude was great. She was smiling. You know, everybody loved her, and it's such, such a tragedy uh, when we lost her. So it is certainly uh, my pleasure and my honor uh, to be part of uh, the Cygnus team that gets to uh, honor Patty and her memory and get her uh, into space uh, sort of officially uh, or get her namesake into uh, space. So it's really a fantastic honor uh, and a pleasure for us to be able to do that. Dan, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate your thoughts and good luck today. Dan Tawney, Northrop Grumman's Program Manager for Human Exploration and Operations. With that, Jesse, back to you in Hawthorne. In order to support Cygnus missions, SpaceX designed a custom fairing and payload transfer truck with a mobile clean room to support late load operations, which happen while the rocket is horizontal and on the pad deck. Late load refers to loading cargo in the final hours before launch and after the spacecraft has already been encapsulated inside the fairing. The fairing modifications includes a new roughly five foot by four foot fairing door that opens directly into the mobile clean room. At T minus 24 hours, late load ops began. Techs removed the door and opened Cygnus's forward hatch to load time sensitive cargo right on the pad. And then at T minus seven hours, Falcon 9 went vertical. Now with T minus eight minutes to go, all is looking good for an on time liftoff today. Again, the payload and, fare and vehicle are healthy. The range is ready to support and weather looks amazing over there in Florida. For now, let's head back to Rob for a closer look at the science on today's mission. Rob? 
Jesse, thanks. We're at T-minus uh, 7 minutes, 30 seconds and counting to the launch of the Falcon 9 rocket and the Northrop Grumman Cygnus cargo craft, which, as we said, is delivering about four tons of science and supplies to the space station. You know, science for every crew that lives and works on board the station is the main objective of activities up on orbit. Today's delivery is designed to improve robotic surgeries on Earth, 3D printing techniques, and the growth of cartilage and microgravity. So let's take a quick look at the science aboard Cygnus. It's T-minus six minutes and five seconds, and the SpaceX team is working no significant issues. Weather is go, range remains go for launch, and at this point, RP-1 fuel is completely loaded on the second stage and nearly complete on first stage. Liquid oxygen loading is underway on both stages and will complete at T-minus two minutes to launch. We're also loading helium gas into both stages. Falcon 9 uses helium as a pressurant to backfill the propellant tanks as liquid oxygen and RP-1 are consumed by the Berlin engines during ascent. Helium load began before the broadcast went live and will continue to top off until a minute and a half before launch. Jesse, to make sure engine startup goes well, SpaceX performed what is called engine chill, where a small amount of the super-chilled liquid oxygen flowed into the Merlin engine's turbo pumps. This was done to avoid a thermal shock to the propulsion system when the full flow of super-chill liquid oxygen is introduced into the Falcon 9 plumbing. Cygnus is also undergoing final vehicle health checks at this moment as it prepares to go on internal battery power, all of that being monitored by Northrop Grumman flight controllers in Dulles, Virginia. Now the next event coming up will be the transporter erector retracting away from the vehicle. Now the transporter erector, or the TE, is that large stru structural structure next to Falcon 9, which you can see there on your screen. There are some clamp arms that are around the second stage just below the fairing. Those will open up first, and once they are fully open, then the TE then the TE can recline away from the vehicle. And we did hear a call out that strong back retract is starting now. And it's a bit slow and slight, but you can see on your screen those clamp arms that I mentioned just below the fairing there are opening up. Again, in these last few minutes, Falcon 9 is performing, performing final health checks on its primary communications, avionics, and propulsion systems in preparation for flight. And it looks like the clamp arms are now fully open and it's very slow and slight, but you can see the TE slowly moving away from the vehicle.
and that should conclude the TE retraction. Now we may hear some call-outs that engines are also sufficiently chilled as we get a little closer to liftoff. We're coming up on the uh, T minus three minute mark until launch. Checkouts of the second stage thrust vector control actuators will soon begin. This is referred to as an engine gimbal or wiggle test when SpaceX moves the nozzles ever so slightly to make sure that the guidance hardware is acceptable for flight. SpaceX does the same checkouts on the first stage engines. That happens just a few seconds before engine ignition. By the way, at the time of launch, the International Space Station will be flying some 260 statute miles over the South Pacific, southeast of New Zealand. The next milestone coming up will be propellant loading completion on the vehicle. At T-minus three minutes, we wrapped up liquid oxygen loading on the first stage vehicle. And coming up next will be liquid oxygen loading completion on the second stage. Once, once that happens, Falcon 9 will be fully loaded with 1 million pounds of kerosene fuel and liquid oxygen. Cygnus is also performing its final health checks to make sure that all of its primary systems are ready for its rendezvous with the space station. Just waiting for the second stage liquid oxygen loading fallout. Stage two, lock flow complete. There it is. That concludes propellant loading on Falcon 9. Now that this is complete, we will begin to vent out, and you can see it there on your screen, the liquid oxygen line on the transporter erector. Ground gas close up. Falcon 9 is in startup. There's the call. Falcon 9 in startup. Cygnus now transitioning to internal power. The Falcon 9 computers are in final pre-launch checks. That instructs the rocket through the last seconds before liftoff. Falcon Cygnus, Both stages 20, now being launch. pressurized for launch. The range remains go for launch. A pristine day for a launch from the Space Coast. T-minus 40 seconds and counting. Thirty seconds. Fifteen seconds. Two minus ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Ignition, engine full power, and lift off. Go Cygnus, go Falcon. Falcon 9 and Cygnus begin their flight, taking aim on the International Space Station. Pitch and roll program are in. Falcon 9, parking out to the northeast. Come on, DTM pressure, Falcon. 
at T plus 40 seconds. Falcon 9 has successfully lifted off from Space Launch Complex 40. nominal. This is our 10th mission of the year and second to the International Space Station. And we've throttled down our engines in preparation for Max-Q, which is coming up here in a few seconds. This is the largest structural vehicle load. supersonic. This is the largest structural load that the vehicle will see on ascent. Max-Q. And great news, we've passed through Max-Q and are throttling those engines back up. Next up will be five events in rapid succession. That will be main engine cutoff, stage separation, second engine start or SES-1, the boost back burn startup on the first stage and fairing separation. Main engine cutoff or what we call MECO is where all nine M1D engines on the Falcon 9 first stage will shut down. It's all those engines that you see there on your screen. And this will be followed by stage separation or the separation of the first and second stages. A few seconds later, the Merlin vacuum engine on the second stage will ignite to boost Cygnus to low Earth orbit, which is also known as SES-1. Then Falcon 9's first stage will ignite again to orient itself to head back to land with the boost back burn. Shortly thereafter, the fairing halves will separate and expose the spacecraft to the vacuum of space. Again, those five events coming up in a few seconds. Miko stage separation, SES-1, the boost back burn starting up, as well as fairing separation. Miko. Stage separation confirmed. And back ignition. Stage one boost back startup. And there we've had Miko stage separation. The MVAC engine on the second stage ignited as well as the boost back burn starting up on the first stage vehicle. And some awesome views there on your screen on your left hand side is a view of from the first stage on your right hand side a view from the second stage. Fairing separation confirmed. And excellent news. We were able to see and hear the call out for confirmation of fairing separation. You can actually see one of the fairing halves falling back to Earth on your right-hand screen. Stage one boost back shutdown. And we heard that call out and you can see on your left-hand screen that the engines on the first stage vehicle have shut down and that concludes the boost back burn for the first stage vehicle. You can also see that the grid fins are now deploying on the first stage. Both vehicles are following nominal trajectory. And great call outs that both vehicles are on nominal trajectories. Some awesome views on your screen. Again, on your left-hand side is a view from the first stage. On your right-hand side is a view from the second stage looking at our MVAC engine. You're watching a live webcast for NG20, Northrop Grumman's 20th resupply mission to the orbiting laboratory. This is SpaceX's 10th mission for 2024 and the second flight to the International Space Station just this year. You might be interested to know in order to get to space, the rocket has to do more than just go up. It also has to go sideways and really, really fast. 
At liftoff, gravity is pulling straight down on the vehicle. As we ascend, we tilt the engines, and the technical term for that is called gimbling, and that turns the rocket horizontally. Now, we are still going up, but we are now also heading horizontally away from the launch pad, and that's what we call a gravity turn. An object typically needs to go 7.5 kilometers per second or 17,500 miles per hour horizontally in order to avoid being pulled back down to Earth and get into orbit. And that is exactly what this vehicle just performed. And on your left-hand side, again, is the first stage making its way back down to Earth. Today, we do have a land landing, so we do require three burns in order for it to make its way back to its landing zone. We've already completed the boost back burn for the vehicle as it oriented itself heading back towards land. Next up will be the entry burn, and that's where three of the Merlin engines will reignite. This helps to slow the vehicle down as it re-enters the upper parts of the Earth's atmosphere. And then we'll be followed by the last burn, which is the landing burn. That's a single engine burn that begins that brings the vehicle speed down rapidly in order to touch down back on Earth. And a really cool view of that first stage vehicle from our ground tracking camera. That looks amazing. <laughs> and that entry burn is coming up here in just about 30 seconds or so. Views look amazing today. Again, you can see on your left-hand screen the view of Earth in the background of the first stage as it's coming back down to Earth to land on our landing zone. Right-hand screen, again, is of the second stage looking aft at our MBAC engine. Stage one, entry burn startup. We just heard that call out, and you can see on your left-hand screen that the engines on the first stage vehicle have reignited. It's just about a 17-second burn. Stage one, entry burn shutdown. And stage an awesome, one, FTS has saved. Awesome tracking view of our first stage vehicle. As you can see that the entry burn has concluded. And the first stage vehicle continues to make its way back down to Earth. Both vehicles continuing on a nominal trajectory. And this is an incredible view that we are getting of the first stage vehicle heading back to land. Right now it's using its four grid fins to guide... Stage one transonic. ...to guide the vehicle during its descent. And this is... Amazing. You can see those four grid fins deployed. What a view that Stage we have. Landing burn. <laughs> and you can see that the landing burn has begun for the vehicle. Let's watch as Falcon 9 touches back down on land. Stage 2 FDS has saved. Stage 1 landing leg deploy. Stage one landing confirmed. What a sight to see.
Falcon has touched down. This booster just completed its 10th flight and the 268th successful landing of an orbital class rocket, including both Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy boosters. That was such, an, such an incredible view to watch. Now, next up is Seco for the second stage. That's where we will shut down this MBAC engine. Nominal orbit insertion. And great news. We heard that call out for Seco 1 as well as confirmation of good orbit. At T plus nine minutes and 15 seconds into the mission, the second stage has one last major task, commanding separation of the Cygnus spacecraft just a few minutes from now. For those of you just tuning in, you're watching a live webcast for NG-20, Northrop Grumman's 20th resupply mission to the International Space Station. This is SpaceX's 10th mission for 2024 and second flight to the International Space Station this year. And for those of you following along, you'll know that Cygnus will be joining two SpaceX Dragon spacecraft that are already docked at station as part of the Crew-7 and Axiom-3 missions. Crew-7 docked with the space station in August of last year, and Axiom-3 arrived earlier this month on January 20th. We are getting some incredible views. Again, what you're seeing on your screen is a view from the second stage looking aft at our MVAC engine. And you can see today that we are flying a shorter nozzle. And there you can see that shorter nozzle there on your screen. Both Northrop Grumman and SpaceX have a long history of supporting the International Space Station with cargo missions like today's. SpaceX's first commercial resupply services, or CRS mission, CRS-1, launched in 2012 and made history by restoring America's capability to deliver and return cargo to the station. 